Last time on Cursebreaker. Before leaving Hogwild, we got our finances in order and made a donation to help rebuild the town. As we prepared to head out on the road, we talked about our past experiences with the Great Bismite Stone, a natural landmark between here and the Fernglade. Our journey so far has been full of happy memories, stampeding pigs, and flying whales. Now that we're approaching the stone itself, I'm sure things will get less weird as soon as Holly comes back from the ethereal plane. So the very last thing we had done, you were all descending this massive slope into a low valley from where you could see the Bismite Stone off in the distance, this great um, cubic mountain set up at like a sort of isometric point uh, going up towards the sky. Um, during that long descent, uh, Carl started to experience some magical interference and blinked out of existence. Uh, the cart started into a rapid descent. Uh, during part of that, uh, Holly used the blink spell uh, to uh, save herself from impact. However, due to the presence of the bismite stones near her, her blink spell went a little crazy, and she ended up in the ethereal plane with Carl for a little while and has been uncontrollably blinking back and forth ever since. Um, you were able to, uh, the rest of you were able to miniaturize the wagon itself and catch it uh, with a bunch of sticky webs. Bert, uh, you had just uh, eaten dirt after sliding down the hill on a book. <laughs> uh, Snack, you had been flying through most of it and were relatively safe. Tibio and Uli were the ones that actually saved the cart and uh, stopped Woo! everything. Oh, wait, I'm not there. Uh, you're not there. Okay. Not quite yet. I unwoo. Well, we all um, <laughs> seem to be okay now. Uh, Carl, can you bring this back up the hill and we can do it again? Uh, you look around and don't see Carl. Hmm. He was just here. And uh, where is Holly? Isn't Holly still in the wagon? Uh, I don't. I don't see her. Holly. Holly. Holly, you are actually hovering, kind of midair, uh, a little bit off of this long slope. You are in the ethereal plane, looking at a sort of magical mirror of the material plane that you normally live on. Uh, you can see some version of the bismite stone on the horizon. Um, you can even see this slope and the rocky kind of canyon valley that you're in. Um, but everything's a little bit different. It's all blues and pinks and purples. And uh, there's a sort of cold wind moving through everything all the time. Um, you also see these thin opalescent lines that seem to hum and vibrate. And it's hard to tell if they're being pulled or if they're motionless. You start to ascend, uh, feeling like you're being pulled by some of these strings. And you feel, uh, it's almost like your spirit, your soul is being lifted up into the sky, riding these currents. Uh, it's not long before you can see the entire countryside beneath you, um, where the wagon must be and where the great bismite stone is far below. You can see a few significant lines out on the horizon where the weave is strongest. When you look far to the west, you can see a, this beacon coming from where Tildry is, and you can see a connection that goes directly between you and it. Between me and Tildry? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. 
turning about, you can see a weaker signal coming from lamp lights. Uh, you also seem to be connected to that in some way. But when you turn and look north through the high plains and the mountains, the lines break their orderly fashion. They seem to cross over each other in this chaotic, spiraling funnel. And it seems to be right over where you think Vindorn is. You blink again, but when you phase in, you're not where you expected to be. Uh, Holly, you open your eyes. You are standing in a long, elegant hallway. You're looking out a window, and you're kind of blinded by this reddish-orange sunlight coming through the window. Everything in here is very dark and gothic-looking, with heavy drapes at the side of each window and iron chandeliers that kind of run down the center of this hall. There's a, a long, narrow red carpet in here as well. You can see below you, there's a large stony canyon, very much unlike the one that you were just in. Um, you can also see out the window a large walled city, uh, mostly made of brickwork, and it looks sort of run down a little bit. Uh, there are all these tall spires in the distance. You also see a dwarven woman uh, wearing a servant's uniform, standing not far away from you. Uh, she seems a little apprehensive about approaching. Um, hello? <laughs> no need to be alarmed, uh, but can you tell me where I am? Uh, she does seem afraid of you. She doesn't move oh. any closer. Uh, Holly can speak Dorvish. It's one of my languages I took. I nice. So Holly asks again, but in Dorvish this time. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry, but um, maybe you didn't understand me before. Do you know where I am? She puts a hand to her mouth and then moves closer to you, and she says, "You're in Vindorn." Oh. How did you get into the castle? Um, that's a great question. Uh, an evil sorcerer put me here against my will. <laughs> Holly just tries to, like, make up something because she doesn't know yeah. <laughs> how she got here. Uh, she kind of, like, looks down at your wrist, and you see that she's got this little uh, red cloth uh, tied around her wrist, almost like a bracelet. Um, and she, she's looking at that same spot on you, and she doesn't see anything. And she says, who are you? Who, who are you? My name is Freya. I'm a servant of the castle. Um, can you remind me again whose castle this is? Orzo. I work for the great King Orzo. Of course. The King of Dorne. Bin Dorne. <laughs> Not Game of Thrones Dorne. <laughs> King Orzo. She says, no, Dorne is to the south or west. I forget. Of course. King Orzo of Vindorn. Right, right. Okay. Um, Holly just looks around at her surroundings. Are we in a hallway, you said, or a room? You are in a very large hallway uh, that's actually like an enclosed bridge that spans this entire canyon that reaches from the city to the castle. Like the bridge in Harry Potter? Yes, okay. except even more of like a closed-in space. Holly is going to curtsy to the servant, Freya, and say, oh, well, thank you for directing me. I appreciate your you time. You need to come with me, I think. This is not normal. She, like, holds up a, a hand to take yours. 
Um, I, where are we going? Sure. <laughs> we must speak with the king's advisors. It will not be good if I see something like this and I do not say anything. The king's advisors. Okay. Um, that's good. You know, I didn't give you my name earlier. I'm Holly Hyacinth, famed clothing designer from Tildry. And I'm actually here to offer the king my services. <laughs> so, yeah, if you could bring me to him, that'd be great. Ooh, yeah. How I feel about that one. Roll a deception for me. Ooh. This is going to be the emperor's new clothes situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, not good. I have luck. I'm going to use luck. <laughs> one point higher. That was not good. Oh. Okay. Deception. Yeah. Eight. All right. Yeah. Yikes. As you kind of like finish saying that, that you're a, a world famous fashion designer, um, she like reaches out and grabs you by the wrist and she says, I think we should go. Sounds great. That's what I said. Let's go. Holly's like so nervous that it's pretty obvious. <clears throat> She's just nervously like agreeing now. She walks you down this enormous hallway. Uh, you get to the end and it's uh, being guarded by, by um, guards. Guards. <laughs> 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 hey, you know that's what they do. It's um, a noun and a verb. <laughs> uh, give me a uh, perception check, Holly. Perception. Guards, garden doors. Uh, 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 uh. Fifteen. Okay, uh, so you do notice that these guards are also wearing these uh, red cloth bracelets, uh, same as Freya was. Uh, Freya, I really like your bracelet there. It is for the trusted among the castle, uh, the select few, the king's favorites. Awesome. Um, Holly tries to get a closer look to see if she can tell if it's magical. Uh, you don't think it is. It looks like a square piece of cloth that has some like black embroidery on it, but you can't tell what that embroidery is. Uh, she leads you through the door and uh, you immediately start to kind of lose your place as she takes you down a bunch of uh, winding gothic hallways. It's all made out of very dark brick and there are like tall standing um, candelabras and it's very it's all kept very low light in here. And you can see all of the windows are either uh, blocked by thick uh, woolen curtains or they're completely boarded up. And she uh, leads you into a very dungeon looking room. It's a little dark in here for midday. You guys don't like the sunlight, Freya? She says, we do not. I think it is wise if I keep you here. Okay. You see there are like <laughs> shackles on the wall like all over here. Okay, Holly's getting like more frightened kind of but just from the ambiance um, yeah. that you have described him. Yeah. And uh she is going to try to like blink a whole bunch, like her eyes, to see if she can <laughs> like blink, blink back yeah. to the ethereal plane. Uh, she says, are you okay? I just got uh, uh, something in my eye. I'm fine. She says, he's dusty. <laughs> yeah, it is a little dusty. <laughs> okay, can I cast a spell? Sure. Holly's going to try to cast uh, Mislead. Oh, okay. So in this spell, you become invisible at the same time that an illus illusory double of you appears where you are standing. The double lasts for the duration, but the invisibility ends if you attack or cast a spell. Okay. That's cool. And then it can run away. Yeah. Sick. Nice. So do they have to make a save against that? No, it doesn't have any sort of okay. 
roll. You uh, cast mislead, and you like you take a step away from your body, mm-hmm. and to her, you're still standing there. So she's like staring right at that illusion, mm-hmm. and you're invisible, standing next to yourself. Um, she says, "It was a mistake, I think, for you to be here." Um, Holly's gonna be speaking. She's gonna be silent, her true self that's invisible, but she's gonna speak through her illusion because mm-hmm. she can control her, and she's going to make the illusion say. Yeah, probably not the best idea uh, on account of I'm in a dungeon now. You see uh, her expression uh, kind of dim a little bit and her eyes sort of fuzz out as if she's losing focus. And then you see her head bob down for a second like she's falling asleep and then she picks it right back up. And then she looks at you and says, you know, it hurt a whole lot when you uh, blasted me right through the chest not long ago. I... I'm not soon going to forgive you for that. Uh, Invisible Holly is backing out of the room slowly, like trying to be quiet. And then when she hears that voice through her illusion, she just starts like hustling back up the stairs to like try to run away. Whatever's inside Freya keeps talking to you and she says, I am, however, happy that we get to add you to the team. Something that powerful. It's, well, you're going to be an asset. And then Freya kind of like opens her mouth wide and revealing these two tiny fangs. And you see her dive toward the illusory holly and uh, go for the neck. Damn, that's lucky that you were gone. The last thing you hear is a thud as Freya bashes her head against the stone. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you hear her kind of cursing in the distance and the uh, door swinging open as she goes to like track you down. Back at the wagon. Uh, It's been... Ten minutes since Holly disappeared, and there's been no sign, no sound of her. Okay, I don't think she just fell out of the wagon anymore. Yeah. I, did she, like, go ahead? She didn't say anything. I, I looked out around. I have not seen any sign of her. When was the last time we saw her? Uh, she was she in like, the wagon. And then wasn't in the wagon. She disappeared. It was really chaotic. I like, don't... she literally disappeared? Yes, and not just invisible. She was no longer there. Mm, perhaps her and uh, Carl made their uh, escape. And um... I mean, she did seem very interested in Carl. Maybe where does Carl go when he is in danger? Hides like a little bitch. I believe he goes <laughs> to a another plane of existence. Maybe that is where Holly went. Uh, can, when you, like, talk to people with your feather thing, you know, that thing you do. Yes. Can you do that to other planes? I do not think it works cross planes, but let me try Holly in my book, see if I can reach her. Yes. Yeah. Dear Holly Hyacinth, (laughs) it's Bert. We're all okay. The wagon's okay. Where are you? (laughs) Sincerely, Bert. (laughs) Do I see it? Yeah, you do. Is this all happening in Vindorn at the same time? Like, yeah. there's no time change? I think you're, like, catching your breath right after the illusion was destroyed. And then, like, in the middle of that, trying to think of your next move, you start to see this text. Um... All right, she's read it. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop, boop. <laughs> she's got the three little dots. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that I know that uh, 
magic works here, I'm going to blink back on purpose okay. <laughs> and use my blink spell. Sure. Just burning spell slots, Tim. Um, you you do know that you, you can't initiate the blink while you're invisible, so you've got to find a safe spot. Um, can I... I'm going to go behind a tapestry on the wall. Yeah. You, you run down these dark gothic hallways. There's barely enough light for you to see by. Um, you kind of uh, hide yourself between a wall and a tapestry, and you're just sort of following the line of this wall uh, out to wherever you can. Um, what you step out into, however, is this enormous empty cathedral. At the end of it is this pipe organ that crawls up the back of this wall and like reaches to the ceiling, and you can see that it actually extends out of the building. That's some big pipes. <laughs> <laughs> you begin the uh, blink spell to try to force this to happen. Uh, you drop the invisibility, uh, knowing that there's nobody else in this room, unless vampires can be invisible, and it's full of vampires. <gasps> there's um, vampires here? Yeah. <laughs> um, you successfully cast your blink spell, and you uh, feel that familiar fading as you cross over into the ethereal plane. Um, this whole room takes on that same color scheme of these uh, violets and pinks and blues. Um, however, that doesn't solve your problem. You blink successfully, but now you're just in the same spot in the ethereal plane. Can I see any of those magic threads in yes. this room? Yeah, you can. Um, I think you don't see a lot of order in them. It seems like you are underneath that funnel in some way. Uh, it seems much more chaotic here. A lot of them bend at weird angles and seem broken at points, mm -hmm. which was not the case when you were near that bismite stone. They looked pure there. Um, I don't know if this is going to, if this is what they can do, but obviously somehow I got here accidentally. Mm -hmm. Holly's going to see if she can just like feel a connection to the bismite stone through one of the threads and try to just by instinct try to find it and touch it or see if she can feel one of her friends so mm. she's kind of looking for like any sort of connection to where they are or where whether it's the stone or yeah the only um the only threads in this room that look like they have any sort of structure to them are the ones extending from you and when you brush your hand over them they, they seem to ignite with this uh bright opalescent light and they stir memories in you. When you brush your hand over one of the threads, you immediately think of Uli. Another one, you, you can see Tibio standing before you, and you can see Snack and Bert all the same with different threads. There's even one that reminds you of Tildry, and a somewhat weak one that reminds you of the, the Bismite Stone. Um, which one do you grab onto? I'm just going to grab the first one, Uli, because I'm in a hurry, and yeah. the first one I felt. And Uli's was actually fairly vibrant. Um, you sort of reach out and grab onto that and you can feel it buzzing in your hand, almost like rushing water or like a rope being pulled rapidly by the wind and everything around you becomes a blur and you are suddenly falling through the air. Do I feel anything? I don't think you feel anything, but your attention is immediately pulled. Um, Will you instinctually look up to a spot in the open sky and a second later you see Holly kind of burst into existence. Hey guys, I think that's, oh shit, someone catch her. <laughs> and Holly, you are like two, three hundred feet in the air, just free falling back towards the ground. 
uh, Holly like loses her breath in the air because she doesn't expect it. And yeah. it's like all of a sudden, I also imagine the ethereal plane is like not having atmosphere kind of, but I don't need it in that state. Yeah. And so all of a sudden the wind is like knocked out of me as I return into our plane because I'm like, <gasps> and then I'm just falling like can't catch my breath again yeah it's so loud as the wind rushes past you and it's so cold and you can see your friends kind of scrambling as they recognize that you're falling uh what can you guys do uh can i cast a spell mm-hmm. um would you say that pillows are made out of um vegetable matter yes <laughs> what? <All right. laughs> what what <laughs> that was like the quickest confirmation i've ever had. well what's the like, spell oh, is yeah. it creation creation yeah. yeah five foot cube of uh, an object it's cotton cotton Okay. So yeah, cotton. Uh, I make a, a one giant five foot cube pillow under where Holly is falling. All right. Snack summons a bean bag. What do you guys got? I got web. <laughs> okay. A webbed bean bag. I have telekinesis, but I used it already. So. Uh, well, I can heal her when she hits the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bert just gets the bandages out. <laughs> I will enlarge the pillow. Nice. Ooh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Now we're talking. Combo. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's the one. Holly is going to cast false life on herself uh, before she hits the pillow. That gives her, I gain 1d4 plus four temporary hit points for okay. the duration. Of yeah. Things. I'm just going to quick try to like false protect life. myself a little bit. I get uh, seven temporary hit points. Okay. Yeah. I'll also try to fly up and try to like <laughs> slow the fall. Okay. <laughs> Snack flies up and um, grabs Holly and then realizes that he uh, knocked us off course and is trying to, like, steer us back to over the pillow. Um, Holly, I wasn't sure what um, color to make the pillow. I just did white. Um, White's great. Thanks, okay. Zach. All right. <laughs> well, um, here we go. And the web on top of it keeps them from flying off of the pillow again. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, Holly, just give me an acrobatics with advantage to check your landing here. 16. Yes. Mm-hmm. 16. Okay. Yeah. And with, with Snack helping you, I think you're more or less lofted down to this pillow and you do kind of a weightless, like, Ding. yeah, a little fairy landing. It's like <laughs> Sophie landing on the yeah. balcony. Yeah. Mm. Bert writes a big 10 on a page in his book. <laughs> Thanks, Bert. Thanks, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Ollie, what happened to you? Where did you go? Why you guys you are not going to believe where I have been. Did you know Carl? Is in another plane of existence. Uh, we assumed? I knew that. (laughs) Well, anyway, he's stuck there now because of the stone, I think. And I went there, the ethereal plane, I guess. Um, And that's where all magic, you can see it. And it's like threads that connect us all to the world. And Holly's like doing big arm gestures. Uh Like she's just like, and her hair is all messed up because she just (laughs) fell. So she's just like, okay. But then somehow I blinked to Vindorn. To Vindorn? Yep. Uh, Vindorn? And I met a dwarf and she didn't understand common. But then I remembered I took Dorvish in grade school, guys. So. (laughs) She got an earful from me. That's not the most important okay, part okay. of going You're to Vindorn, right. I don't think. Um, and then when I was there, the dwarf lady, Freya. Freya? No, Freya. Alfreda. Oh, it should have been Alfreya. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it was an elf, it could have been Alfredo. <laughs> but it was a dwarf. Dwarf Freya. <laughs> uh, and they're like kind of under some sort of, I don't know, curse. Not curse. Well, there was a curse. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, she leads me into a dungeon. It's dark as crap. All of a sudden, 
Freya gets taken over by a spirit or something, and it was the curse from your sister's uh, chalice. Yeah. What was that thing? A flask. A flask? Oh, my God, you guys. It was the curse from the flask that spoke to me, I think. Holly, that sounds very unbelievable. Okay, and then I turned invisible. <laughs> How much higher do I have to fly to get to this ethereal plane? <laughs> snack, snack, come back. Snack, you cannot Can't reach it by flight. I hope I don't run out of time. You guys, but the craziest part are these magic threads in the ethereal plane, and they're all, like, really strong by these stones and really, like, beautiful. Um, so how'd you get back? Well, that's the crazy part. In Vindorn... They're all messed up and broken. Um, and I was in this room with a giant organ, and no one was playing it. But when I went to the... I blinked back into the ethereal plane, and then I saw all the threads, and I just felt out for you guys and for home. And Uli... Me? I connected with you, and it brought me back. What? Really? Yeah, your thread brought me back. When you... Oh mention Uli's thread and uh, kind of focus in on that idea. You actually, Holly, you start to see the threads that come from Uli. Um, hers are extremely bright and orderly and intense, uh, more so than the ones that you even see coming from yourself and certainly more than you see from anybody else in the party. The other curious thing is that while everyone else's threads are quite stable and they seem kind of fixed in place whenever Uli talks at all you see the threads react almost like a waveform every time she talks they just sort of scramble and disassemble and then they come back into their previous form in addition to that every now and then you see Uli kind of lose attention to the situation and at that exact same time you see all of the lines just break and scramble and go in random directions. You can see the wild magic inside Uli that acts on its own. Uh, Holly, um, what are you looking... Are you looking at my... Is there something on me? Uh, no, your, your magic is really cool and really uh, distracting. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> Holly, can you still see the weave? I Is mean, that what you're saying? If I focus, do you see it now? And I start waving my arms around. Am I touching it? <laughs> Am I touching tibios? No, you can't touch it. Don't touch my threads. So, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Holly, the more you focus, the more you can see it. Um, you see some kind of effect on Bert, but it's not the same at all. Um, he almost has this sort of golden aura. Tibio has a lot of weave coming off of him it's almost all pointed straight down oof huh cool marionette <laughs> uh snack has a lot of weave off of him a lot of it points almost all of it points directly to the lamp <laughs> <laughs> except for the few that are reaching out towards locales and people around him i got no strength his, hold me up his suitors yeah. Um, when Uli reaches out to mess with Tibio's threads, she can. You see her playfully wave her hand through the air, and you see all of Tibio's threads bending to Uli. Hmm. You see the same is not true for anyone else. Does she feel it? I don't think Uli knows what she's doing to other people. I don't okay. know what the fuck I'm doing ever. So Uli is messing with my threads, and they're bending toward her. 
and Holly is seeing it. Uh, they're not really bending in any particular direction. She can just disturb them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I understood the different pronouns that were yeah. going through the air. It's just clear to Holly that when Uli touches the weave, it reacts to her differently than anybody else. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I am the weave. It's almost like when you see um, a sunbeam yeah, with like dust exactly. in the air and yes. you're like, you want to reach out and touch it, but it's thin, almost like thinner. I'm imagining it kind yeah. of. So um, also in King Killer Chronicles, when Florian. she grabs the stuff, yes. like, oh, yeah. she's weaving yes, That's it. exactly what I was okay. thinking. My brain is in the exact same fucking place. <laughs> but anyway, so Holly's going to try to reach out um, to Tibio's magic threads and just see if she can touch it gently like she's not going to try to grab it or anything but she just wants to see if she can feel it yeah it's uh, it's sort of like putting your finger under a stream of water where mm. you can't really feel the force of the thread but you can feel the temperature of the water if you will mm. and this feels a lot like um getting the age sucked away from you you can feel a necromantic current mm. tibio I can feel your magic. <laughs> what is it like? Like when you drink too much and it's the next day and you feel like you died a little bit. <laughs> oh, but oh. everything's going to be okay. Okay. I lean over to Bert and I kind of like whisper, could you like make sure she's okay? I know she, she sounds a little crazy right now, but I myself had a, Mm, let's call it a religious experience the first time I saw these stones. <laughs> okay, as long as you're sure. You know her better. I think this is a fascinating development, Holly. I can't wait to hear more about it. Yeah, well, your magic is, like, glowy. I don't even know. Oh, oh well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Bert, you're glowing. <laughs> glowing. <laughs> and snack. Yes. Yours is really tied up in that lamp, huh? That's... Strange. Um, I suppose Genie is there. We haven't seen him yet. Um, Genie. Yes. Genie, we need to come out and see and read your lines. Oh, is it supper time? In no. <laughs> oh, hello everyone. What? Yes. How can I serve you? Holly Hi, is telling us of our futures. Oh, or... the tarot cards. I thought that was Bert's gag. <laughs> well, it's not exactly that, Mister Snack. Holly's just staring intensely at the genie to like um, try to see his magic <laughs> with like crazy eyes, crazy hair. Your still. pupils are yeah, all the way dilated. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, genie looks like a woven doll. He is entirely made of threads and nothing else. And it all leads back to the lamp. Hmm. That's really, really crazy. And you can see hundreds of threads that go directly from genie to snack as well. And you guys are interconnected. Um, Holly's going to reach out and touch the genie before she can stop herself because it's just like a solid weave. Yeah, Snack, you see Holly like wiping her hand on Genie's chest and Genie, <laughs> <laughs> Genie just like is staring directly at you, Snack. Like, is this okay? What do I do? Uh, Holly, um. Hmm? What? Yes, um. Oli, is this what? Uh, and I reach out and grab her hand and like take it off of Jeannie. <laughs> Can I be of service, young madame? Oh, I just, I mean, I can see. I can really see for the first time. <gasps> Jeannie, can you see all this, all this weave? Ah, interesting. You're, hmm. He like throws a hand like across his chest and like <laughs> on his crotch and he says, what are you looking at? <laughs> I don't like this. 
Snack, it's like she's staring into my soul. Make her stop. Uh, okay, uh, Jeannie, that is all we needed. Um, thank you. I feel icky. And he like <laughs> goes sorry, back into, goes into the lamp. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's Sorry, ever... he backs into the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever like touched Jeannie before, I don't think. What did he feel like? Mm, he feel he felt kind of like um, like warm moss that can kind of you just like sort of can sink into it a little bit. He also has uh, that effect of putting your hand on an old TV screen that you had just turned off, where the static oh. buzzes against your fingers. Sure, sure. we're old. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Tube TVs, <laughs> but also like it gives a little like. But He's then just it's also soft a little bit. Yeah. Balloon. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, balloon. Yes. <laughs> Jeannie feels like a balloon. <laughs> Holly, is this something you can turn off? This must be quite an adjustment. Yeah, you start to think, oh, God, what if this is the rest of my life? What if I can't even see people? And, oh, nope, it turned off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can turn it off, I think. Oh, okay. Wow, you guys, just amazing. I mean, Holly's just blinking, and then she's like, on and off, and on and off. <laughs> <laughs> She's like dancing around now on top of the big pillow. Oh my god! <laughs> There's one point where you you turn it on and you look directly at the bismite stone, and it's like, it's like a Hollywood spotlight that is like calling your attention. It's so bright and so interconnected over by that thing. Guys, I want to go. Let's go there. And yeah. Holly points to the um, bismite stone, and then she hops off the pillows and starts walking towards the bismite stone. Well, be careful, Holly. Are you fully in control? I'm doing great. Best ever. Should we all hold hands? Oli, can, can you help me with this? We can't just leave this big pillow. Um, <laughs> I drop the enlarge. Okay. Turns back into a five foot by five foot pillow. Oh, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's also sticky. <laughs> yeah, it's covered in spider webs. <laughs> uh, I breathe fire on the giant pillow and then fall. Well, it's very flammable. Yep. <laughs> um, who is pulling the wagon? I guess I am. Oh, we're going in the wagon. You gonna leave the wagon there? No, I thought she was just like walking over to. Oh, it's a good. It's still you know a quarter of a mile off. Oh, yeah. okay. We catch up to Holly in the wagon sure. as she's walking. Yeah. Oh, you guys are riding so, it while I'm pulling it. Okay. Uli, are you gonna bite onto the bridle or whatever it Ew, is? No, the bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just put the. She's chafing yeah. at the bit. <laughs> what is it? The yoke? Yeah. Yeah. I just like put it over my shoulders. Okay. And I... Snack is pushing on the back, but. It's a little tall for him, so. Yeah, he occasionally, he looks, like, runs under it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just hanging on to the back. <laughs> um, as you approach the bismite stone, um, you realize this would actually make a pretty good spot to make camp, uh, the way that the stone is set up. It's sort of hollow, where it makes a cave on every face of this stone. Uh, so you can walk pretty far into, um, into the bismite to find shelter. The farther in you go, the more you notice that there is a little bit of an ethereal shimmer on the on the crystal here. In addition to that, you notice something familiar to all of you. Um, there is a ton of that moss growing in here, that light oh. bluish white stuff. Curse-breaking yeah. moss. We should take some of this, I think. Oh, yeah, this stuff was great for um, different the different properties it had. It was so helpful while we had some. It was not great for eating. Yeah, don't eat it. Is it but the it same you. situation as before, where once it is detached from wherever it is grown, it loses its power? Well, I think I can fix that now, because I can just attach it back to the weave. And Holly blinks and looks at the moss and tries to understand how it's attached to the weave. So it certainly is attached to the weave, not in the way that you thought. Um, 
probably pulls a chunk off the wall yeah. <laughs> and sees what like what yeah threads are holding it magic threads are connecting it still uh it, it doesn't seem to be significantly related to that other than that it seems to grow along the threads just like the crystal um but this is your first time interacting with this moss in a long time and when you touch it you certainly feel good you don't know if that's the good memories you have associated with it or what but this moss is also not burning like the other stuff that you had seen. Mm. This is like, uh, yeah, this has not been set ablaze yet. Is it like glowy luminescent still? A little bit, but it's more pale white than that glowing blue and golden. Holly sniffs it. Smells edible. She eats a bite. Bitter, but edible. I told you it was gross. <laughs> Holly looks at her stomach to see if the threads are coming out of her stomach. Uh, not quite. Snack approaches on all fours and gets close and uh, sniffs it as well. It doesn't seem totally unappetizing. Tibia sees all the others sniffing it and sniffs it, but is also confused. <laughs> he doesn't have a great sense of smell. Okay. Yeah. Snack will nibble a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, snack, it seems... <laughs> it seems fine, which is strange because that's not what you remember of this stuff. You remember it being so foul that you couldn't keep it in your mouth for half a second mm. you saw Bert being forced to choke down leagues of this stuff and you had tried it once in that same cave but now it seems like you could get by eating this stuff if you had to is it because he's a good boy I still spit it out out of habit <laughs> yeah yeah I don't, I don't like leafs either <laughs> I would like to do an arcana check see what I can get out of this 24 wow Jesus. hey I'm good at arcana checks. <laughs> Aren't you using that shit all the time? Bert, you're looking at this moss, and you kind of remember the, the golden glow that this stuff gives off when it's ignited. And you're actually you're seeing flashes of this golden glow of the flame. And then all of a sudden, that golden glow turns into sunlight, and you're, you're staring at the book in the Tower of Knowledge. And you can see these shadows playing out over the pages. Hey, book. <laughs> And the shadows spell out information about the substance you're looking at. It's called good moss. <laughs> Did you have that name already picked out? Yeah, since the cave. Yeah. Beautiful. Is it like good berries? No, they're not going to believe this. <laughs> or good burger. Good burger. Uh, good mosses is known as the saving grace of uh, those who get lost in caves. Uh, it is very edible. It's highly nutritious. It is also aligned to the power of good. Uh, evil things are repelled by this, which is why it's uh, important. It's because he's a good boy. Hmm. Interesting. Do you know something about this moss? It seems this moss has a much stronger connection to good and evil. It actually repels evil. So that is why it worked when you were cursed. It helped get the curse out of you. Yeah. It's called, it's called good moss. <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, it is, um, how do you say, on the nose? And Bert, the last passage you get from these shadows is activated by breathing on it. It's one other thing too. And Bert grabs a handful and... <sighs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, in your cupped hand, Bert, uh, you see the stuff turn a... a kind of aggressive neon blue for a second before it ignites with gold flame, giving off, like, the heat of, like, a hot pot of macaroni, but nothing worse <laughs> than that. 
perfect. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm right there. Cool. <laughs> oh, wow, Bert, that is amazing. Yeah, you just got to breathe on it. I'm, I'm going to grab a handful and stick it in my pocket. I think we should take as much as we can. This stuff could be useful. Yeah, I'm going to harvest some for my pack, too. Okay. Holly grabs some handfuls and stuffs them in her... Um, dress pockets and her apron pockets but they're like puffy and so all of a sudden she's like all lumpy in different weird spots because she has like this puffy moss in her pockets now it should have been called live moss live moss no! <laughs> shit no we'd get sued for yeah, that yeah probably they wouldn't give us free tacos damn that's good everyone gets free tacos in the country except for you fuckers <laughs> um do do I feel good here yes okay like and you're a good boy everything's too. right again yeah holly in fact the closer you get to the bismite stone the more you see uli's crazy weave lines start to behave they start to align and they stop convulsing uli uh yeah let me tell you about your threads sure and i don't mean your clothes this time <laughs> <laughs> and holly sits uli down and um explains now that we're here in this bismite cave your threads have all straightened out. That's probably why you feel so good. They're like calm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really weird because I, I remember coming here as a kid and just like, like we were super anxious because it was really late at night. And then as soon as we got here, it was like peaceful and I didn't feel like yelling at anybody. And it was just like a really good, good night. Yeah. So it's probably the mineral, right? This rock. I mean, I guess... All magic connects us to the earth. And Holly's just like now speaking right. out to space. And, like, <laughs> um, and she's gone. Do you think, do you think you might be able to like make a little pendant for me if I took a small piece of this? Of the bismite? Yeah. I mean, it's a crystal. Yeah. I just, I yeah. just kind of want to keep this feeling with me. Yeah. Pick out a stone and I'll help make one. I'll just find a small one on the ground if I can. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even if it's just the thought of being here, I think it might help. Um, Holly has Uli hold it out in her palm of her hand. And Holly's going to take out her um, weave thread in the palm of her hand. She starts uh, taking the weave thread and then all of the um, straight, straight edge weave that's coming out of the bismite crystal that Uli's holding. And she like intertwines it kind of like almost like cat's cradle i guess if you can imagine mm -hmm. like sort of looser but mm -hmm. like in this like pattern and ties it to uli and so that um and as she's doing it holly's going to basically just be wishing into existence like a calmness for uli and like a peace basically like as she's she's just thinking about it she's not saying anything um and then after like maybe a minute she's done and she says i don't know if that's gonna work but it's really cool other like even if it doesn't so yeah just gotta hold it close and yeah I'll wear it around my neck or you whatever put it in your uh pocket right here i made and holly shows her a pocket <laughs> on her overalls in the front that's, uh she has three of them that are shaped like kind of long and skinny in the front mm -hmm. and they're like perfect for crystals to go into sweet <laughs> is there any like loose bismite we could take with us too yeah yep. yeah I'm gonna grab a chunk of that. Okay. Me too. I got a I got a clump of good moss and a chunk of bismite. 
while you're all kind of salvaging the natural bounty around here, um, one of you gets a little too close to the moss while you're harvesting it, and you breathe on it. Not a chunk that you pulled from the wall, but the moss that is on the wall. Oh, no. Um, all at once, this place just becomes super bright, like dazzling lights oh, no. uh, shimmering against uh, all of the kind of interior lines of the bismite crystal in here. And this whole place just ignites with this golden radiance. And that feeling of well-being and that feeling of calm turns into this minor euphoria as this place just erupts in golden light. All right, who did that? Uh, <laughs> well, this might not be the best place to sleep tonight, because uh, now we're really attracting some attention out here. Yeah, no one's looking for us, right? Just some curses and Joe. Yeah. Speaking and... of, I'm just going to phase out and look for Dave. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you can see a dot uh, that is a little bit north and far to the west. Uh, so Dave and Emery explained that they were going to move west before heading north to Vindorn. Uh, so they're just kind of like, they're near the like mountain foothills right now. So they're by Vindorn. They're still several days from Vindorn, but that's where they're headed. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think Dave and Emery are still on the move. Just a little update for you. Snack scampered away with the bright lights and is now looking for birds. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, are you, like, watching the sky or looking around inside the crystal for nests or what? Oh, you mean ravens. Right, yeah. I see. Okay. <laughs> Spies. Yeah, give me a perception check. Almost said perspective check again. Perspective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Snack is more oriented than he was, but perception we got. Wisdom is uh, 12. Okay. Uh, you don't see any birds or ravens around here. Holly's turned her attention back to living breathing things again um and she's like i don't i don't think we should stay here um uh it, is there a way to put out the glow mm. well hmm. don't blow on well, it breathing on it cause <laughs> i will try this and i breathe fire on the moss oh lord the whole thing we should um, put a muzzle on snack it's <laughs> <laughs> breathing fire on stuff yeah it uh I think the fire actually does put it out. Uh, you see the... What? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You see Snack's dragon flame kind of roll over all of this moss, and uh, if nothing else, it looks like the fire blows out the uh, whatever steamy golden glow was coming off the stuff before, uh, but it does not like real fire. Great. Now we must go to this big rock, right? That's where we are. We're inside the big rock right now, Snack. Snack, there are no bigger rocks. It was bigger last time I was here, I think. Uh, mm. uh, I mean, you're bigger now. Yeah, Snack, maybe you are smaller. What? Uh, oh, yes, this is right. <laughs> okay. You're a, you're a big boy now. <laughs> well, now that we're in the dark again. Did that kill the moss? Didn't kill it. No, okay. it's not like burned to a crisp or anything. <laughs> okay. I want to stay in this rock's favor, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no more burning things, Snack, but thanks for putting out the light. You're most welcome. What time is it? Uh, it is now dark outside, uh, so just cresting nightfall around 9 o'clock. We should definitely sleep, because if I have to pull that wagon again in order to get Carl back. Yeah, we yeah. might have to get some distance before mm -hmm. we can see Carl again. Okay, yeah. I feel good. Just don't breathe on the mosque too closely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I 
peel away the moss from like the area, direct area where we're sleeping. I spent mm. some time on. As you're all getting settled in to make camp uh, kind of inside this crystal, there is a intense explosion of golden lights. And it seems for a second that somebody had breathed on the moss again and turned all the lights on. But you realize it's not coming from anywhere near the crystal. It's quite far outside. Um, you all look up to catch the billowing wings of a golden dragon as they yes. kind of fluff out to catch air and it stops itself. And uh, you see it <laughs> land on the ground, uh, kind of in the dust and dirt, and then this enormous dragon rapidly shifts down into a small humanoid figure that takes a single step, and then you hear a ting, and then another step with a staff, and a ting. We all see it? Are we all awake? Yeah. Snack, you weren't lying. Holy shit. Why would I ever lie to you? I mean, you go say hello. Go invite him in. Of course I'll say, um, Uli, can you hold on to this? And I hand Uli the lamp. Uh, yeah. Just be cool, Snack. Yes, yes, of course. (laughs) Um, is, uh, Holly, is Holly awake? Holly's, like, staring at the dragon, um, to see the magic thread. Probably, probably a few threads on that bad boy. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Yeah, Holly, probably unlike anything you had seen before. You know, you thought yours were bright, then you thought Uli's were bright, and then a golden dragon. Holly. Holly, please. Huh? Oh, uh, what? what yes, you on my, my, uh, my, my tavern. Uh, Holly, right on the back. Um, I got a little poop on it, and, and I just don't want to see the dragon. <laughs> Could you please quickly... Holly's just face is just turns to disgust, and she's like, "You pooped on it." I must be majestic. <laughs> I was in a hurry. You didn't. I didn't want to make uh, make everyone wait. But please, I cannot go out there like this. This is like your diaper. I chose not to have children for a reason. <laughs> and Holly uh, takes a old rag out of her pocket and quick polishes it off, and then throws the rag at Snack's face and gives it back. Gives him back the shield. <laughs> Why would the you bracelet? willingly touch it? You have pressed a digitation. Holly's forgot (laughs) thank you okay i think i'm ready now yeah uh holly kind of gives you a a little once over as she like helps you like get your t-shirt on (laughs) over your head i'm not touching the loincloth yeah (laughs) snack snack shoulders back yes of course tail strong erect (laughs) erect (laughs) (laughs) just hard tailing it make sure you smile smile yeah, you can do yes, that. Yes, smile, yes. Oh, Snack, do not smile. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I'll All bring right. some moss. This is a nice gift, I imagine, for a dragon. Yes. Go, go cut get off him, some, champ. Yeah, cut off some moss and walk over. Yeah, um, the, the golden dragon has been waiting for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> He can hear all of us talking. Yeah. We're like whispering and he's like, oh Lord. You're all like turning snack around and like like running fingers like over his scales and like trying to get him all like pruned. <laughs> like pushing him out a little bit and then like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> and then snack, you cross the 20 or 30 feet to meet the golden dragon. Um, he appears as he has once before. He's got kind of longish white hair, this, this ancient dark skin uh, and he's wearing a gold necklace that has three uh, medallions on it that all hang in a single row. And he's got this old gnarled staff that he leans on and he says How have you been? Um, great dragon, I have been quite well. We have traveled quite far. We, um, 
donated much riches to this town that we saved. Mm. There's much you're not telling me. I did blow up the water tower, yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was quite fortunate Bert asked me to do so. Of course, that happened after I had done it. You deceive me still. I know not what you have done, but I can see the guilt in your heart. Hmm. I sense you attempted to deal death. Is this true? Tibio's just making a bunch of noise in the background. <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> I wish my voice was that deep. Are you guys hearing this? What transpired that day, I do regret. And you see, we spared a human who was selling things he knew were cursed. One such item... I believed at the time had caused the death of someone Uli cares deeply for, her sister. And since Uli and I are mm, close, it hurt me in ways I have not experienced before. And I, I did something bad, yes. You were vengeful. I was. Hmm. Uh, he kind of like takes his eyes off you and looks at like the crystal in the sky. Uh, for a second, it looks like he has really lost interest in you. You should know that um, this was new for me to deal with, and the human lives yet. And I will be more ready when such things happen in the future. So ultimately, you spared his life. I cannot take much responsibility for him not being dead. It worked out that way. Did you think he was an evil man? Absolutely. I believed that we had spared him, and yet he sold more cursed items. And now you are filled with regret. It is hard to be different than how I feel. He turns his back to you. Hmm. Um... The rest of you can hear Genie a little bit, and he says, Snack, have you seen my nightcap? I can't find it. Not now, Genie. No, Sorry. I have Genie. Yeah, Genie's back with them. You can't really hear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Genie, uh, shh. Now's a bad time, Genie. I just, can I pop out for a second? I just no, have a question. What? No. Your nightcap is probably in a pile what? of. Let me see what's going no. on. Oh. Shh. I see. I was trying to spare your feelings, Genie. <laughs> it's okay. I. I can, I can hang. And he like looks all like <laughs> faux natural. They barely know each other. Yeah, you're, you're his best friend. You're his <laughs> best magic friend. I mean, he always comes back to Genie. I mean, he carries you with him everywhere. He's not taking the dragon everywhere. Well, I just, I don't remember the last time he got all glittery eyed. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't see the way he looks at you. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell him about the strings, Holly. Tell them about the strings. The oh, well, Jeannie, I thought you knew that mm. snacks all tied up in you. <laughs> Magically speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I suppose he is, isn't he? 
You guys are bonded. Yeah, there's no separating that easily. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the dragon with its back to you turns around and says, It is better to be filled with remorse than nothing at all. Had you felt nothing for your actions, I would have grave concerns. As it is, I think your reaction is appropriate, if not misguided. May I know your name, Great Dragon? Is it true the DM did not name you as of yet? <laughs> hey! <laughs> the name you may use for me is Idris. Idris, the last time I was in this place was not three months ago. I did kill then. It felt good. And now, I would not think it unfair should you walk away and never visit me again for what I have done. But I do, I do have this remorse you speak of. I will become a powerful dragon whether you mentor me or not. Is that your goal? To become a dragon like me? It has always been. It is possible for the heart to change. And I have seen much change within you in this short time. He gestures to your large-ish body <laughs> as compared <laughs> to the, the small kobold that he met. And he says, I believe you can change inside yourself as well. Your heart. But I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to take you on. I have doubt. I would like to become closer with you. I try and cover Jeannie's ears. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. May I show something to you? Please. Mm, stay right here. I run back uh, to the rock. Okay. Uli, please, quick. Uh, what? I need that lamp again, please. Oh, yeah, here. Thank you. Are you sure? Yes, of course. Uh, I don't... Bye-bye. All right. I run back with the lamp. Um, just stay right here, Idris. And I jump into the lamp. Yeah, you uh, dive into the lamp, and then suddenly the lamp is just sitting there on the ground, and Idris is, like, staring down at the lamp, and then Idris looks up at the group, <laughs> and then he just does the, like, lip-tuck-in thing, like, nod at all of you, like... <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, Ooh. shrug. <laughs> he does that sometimes. It's like, fine. He'll be back. Uh, Tivia was waving at him like, hi. <laughs> uh, snack, snack's a really good friend. <laughs> um, when you enter the lamp, Snack, uh, you see Genie. Like, looks like he very quickly just sat down, and he goes, "Oh, Snack, is that you? I've just been reading interesting books and hanging out by myself." <laughs> I do care about this, Jeannie, but I cannot talk right now. I am sorry. Um, where's the tree? That's fine. I don't care about what you're doing either. <laughs> he, like, gestures lazily to the corner where the tree always is. Thank you. So I have it in, I imagine, some sort of clay pot? Uh, it's actually, it's grown into a table. You'd have to take the whole table with you. Okay. Uh, I will try to lift this table. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you start dragging it, like, out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Janie just looks up from his book like <laughs> he's like he, yeah he's not looking up from his book and he says do you need a hand or something 
Um, yes, please, Jeannie. Um, just a push, if you will. I will bring it back. He kind of floats over to you and, and picks it up with one hand and puts it right near the entrance, and he says, have fun. I'll be right back. You come out of the lamp first, and you're just, like, like <laughs> yanking on this thing as hard as you can <laughs> to get it out of the spout, and uh, eventually you pull the entire table uh, out of the lamp. Um, Idris, this is what I wanted to, and I go into a slight bow, show you. You see, I bought this, and it was just a small plant. That is a white lotus. Yes, I bought it. It was a small plant, and I thought it was, uh... Hush, snack. Do you know what you have? Um, it is a white plant, yes. Incredible rarity. And he kind of, like, swirls his hands around the petals, and he says, This is how many you have aided. Is what I've been trying to explain to you. See, um, I liked uh, I liked hurting things for a long time, most of my years, and then I got this plant, and I just bought it because I, I had, I didn't know what to do with all this money, and, uh, um, and then it would grow, and I did kind things, and, um, out of uh, curiosity, I kept doing this, and then, that's when it it changed. That's what I'm talking about. I don't need this plant anymore. Consider my doubt. Eliminated. He holds a hand towards your face, Snack. And you can feel his palm descend onto your forehead, he says. Are you ready? Ah! Yes. You see the third explosion of golden light for the night, and... It's all coming from the lines between Snack's scales. Um, you see him grow another two feet in height. What? To match Uli's. What the fuck? <laughs> you see about half of his scales turn a brilliant gold that fades into a rosy platinum that fades into red in other places. You can see a wild-looking tattoo taking place between Snack's newly formed horns on his head. Uh, Snack, you are larger than an average dragonborn at this point. Holy crap. Your okay. tail is a considerable weapon. Um, you are also effectively a golden dragon and a red dragon at the same time. What? In terms of flight. Okay. What the fuck? Uh, oh my god. I don't know why I'm trying to write things down because <laughs> there's not a spot for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you a dragon? <laughs> You're not a dragon. You are still the same humanoid shape that you were before. Mm. You've just intensified. You still don't have wings. Okay. Um, you are you are horned, you are tailed, and you are formidable to Uli in terms of muscle mass and things of the like. Sweet. This mark between your horns is also the symbol of the golden dragonflight, known as a dragon mark. Specifically, the mark of the sentinel, which we can go over later in terms of stat adjustments. Okay. Lily takes one look at him and goes, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As he grows in height, like he tries to keep his head where it is. So he just slouches down Mm. and um, is kind of in a crouch position and like is uh, just looking side to side with his hands up. And then kind of when things stop changing, then he slowly uh, puts his hands down and stands erect and looks up um, and meets uh, Idris's eyes. Yeah, you're taller than him now. 
by a good deal. What you've done here is the beginning. Yeah, I think he grabs the entire tree uh, in one hand as it becomes a large clawed, scaly dragon palm, and he rips it from the table, and the rest of his features sprout out until his golden dragon form is revealed, and then he takes a couple of brief flaps to get on top of the bismite stone, and he just plants the entire tree onto the corner of the bismite stone. Cool! And he says, This is a monument to your deeds to be. I see. I did uh, promise Genie that I would return that. Hmm. It is fine. You have a new course now. It is in service to this plane and the golden flight. I accept this. I'll be watching you. And you can feel a, a little pang of, uh, not irritation, but just uh, you notice the, the, the mark between your horns. I, I rub my uh, claw and like kind of follow its shape to try to learn it. Yeah. My scar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he looks to the rest of the party and he says, You are now followers of the one known as Snack. Uh-huh. <laughs> Support him in his mission. We definitely will. You don't have to worry about that. Bert gives a thumbs up. Tibio is sitting on the ground curled up like a little kid at story time. It's the best play he's ever watched. You guys get a little bit of the feeling like the golden dragon is like, I did something really good today. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he gives you all one kind of last reverent glance over, um, smirks to himself, Holly, and Holly, begins to take off. Get out your historoscope. <gasps> this uh, could go viral. Holly, like, can't find it for <laughs> a second, and then she finds it, and she clicks it as the dragon's starting to fly away. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can just barely catch in the sort of moonrise and the, the setting of evening here. There's a pale golden glow mixed with this blue light that's coming from the bismite stone and there's this essence of magic in the air all around you and you can see Snack with his back to the party and the golden dragon flapping away into the night. Tibio claps. Yeah, with the clapping um, Snack uh, jerks, he's a little jumpy. Um, He bends down and it takes a while to bend down all the way to grab the lamp and walks back to the group. Yeah. Oh, Snack, you are so different. How do you feel? I feel very tired, Tibio, and Holly, I greatly appreciate uh, what you did earlier to improve my appearance before this meeting. Yeah, you owe me one, big boy. And Holly looks up at him. (laughs) (laughs) You have to learn to control your shit now. Yes. Both literally... And figuratively. <laughs> I do feel that this will be uh, part of what Idris expects of me. Cleanliness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I am quite sleepy, though, so I um, am going to go away for the night. Um, All right. I, I bet that takes a lot out of you. Yes, Bert, it does. Bye. And I hop into the lamp. <laughs> 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 Well, any, <laughs> anyone else about to awaken to their latent magical powers tonight? I mean... You all see Tibio, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could explode at any time. <laughs> it's late that night, and uh, you, like, touch down on the lamp, and it's dark in there. 
And it's rarely dark in there. <laughs> but yeah, you set down onto the dirty rug and take a couple steps inside. Mm. And the lights like flick on and <laughs> Genie is sitting in his chair. Genie is sitting in his chair with a little like candle floating above him and he says, where have you been? Genie, I was out and um, I do apologize. I was not able to bring the plant back. Uh, you won't believe this, but a dragon uh, ripped it out and put it on top of this rock we are near. He like slams closed the book that he was holding for show and like throws it on the ground and the book just disappears because it was a conjured book anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, well, what are we going to do with that corner snack? This is ridiculous. We have so little decor as it stands. What have you done to our home? You've ruined it. I understand, Jeannie. Um... You didn't even consult me before taking that plant. Do you know how important it was to me? I spend more time in here than you do. To be fair, Jeannie, I did not anticipate uh, the events to transpire the way I did. I am quite... I do have a headache from this uh, new um, limb length that I am now experiencing. Oh, what? You're all grown up now? You're a big dragon, so you don't have to do anything nice for Jeannie? This is what I said I wanted, Jeannie. I am sorry about the plant. And whoever does what you want gets the plant, huh? Is it because I didn't turn you into a dragon and he did? That's why he gets the plant? Jeannie, last time we were here and spoke, um... Well, I gave you one of these, and I go in and give him another hug. Oh. Try to. <laughs> He's, like, about to raise another point, and then he just kind of stops talking. He says, Snack, I, I can't give you everything you want. Not all the time. I'm not a genie, remember? I can't just wish things into existence and make it so. I'm also not a great and powerful dragon, but but I am your friend, Snack, and to be quite honest, I never had many friends in before. Before? I'm just, I'm a lonely person, Snack, and I, I treasure your friendship above anything else, and well, I don't want to lose you. You need not worry about this, Genie. We are very much allies and close friends. Suitors. <laughs> <laughs> I will be sure to get us a wonderful plant for in here. And Genie, I, for a long time, this quest to become a great and powerful dragon seemed well I truth be told I never really believed it and now I'm not in the same sort of rush and perhaps if you wish it I can share the truth with the rest of the party I don't think it's time for that but I can tell you more about who I was. Snack gum tries to sit in his armchair that is way too small now. And he just ends up mm. sitting on the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> his feet straddle about on either side. Jeannie just kind of like watches you with a contented smirk. Like, oh, he's grown up so fast. <laughs> like, so fast. <laughs> the armchair is also very much ripped up, too. Yeah. <laughs> All the nervous twitching and scratching. Um he starts in and he says, Snack, I had a name. And it might sound funny to you because it's probably not one you've heard before. My true name, Snack, is 
Doji. Doji. Get along, little Doji. <laughs> he looks. A, he looks a little silly when you say it, and he says, "Yes, my name was Doji, and you may call me that, or you may call me Genie. My full name was Doji Calacious. I was from far, far to the east of here. I had never seen these lands." What happened to you, Doji? How did you become a curse? Well, Snack, it started when... And then we cut back to... <laughs> <laughs> You're all kind of like staring like at the lamp. You heard a little bit of like shouting before, and Jeannie was just like, What? Who am I to you? Like, do I even mean anything? <laughs> You're all just like wide-eyed, like, oh shit, it's bad in there. <laughs> They're going to be okay, right? Oh, I am sure. They, they are, yes. They seem pretty tight. Well, yeah. they're like pretty, uh, you know, interwoven, magically speaking. So can't right. have one without the other right now, I think. Yeah. That happens, I guess. So, uh, Snacks, more dragon now than ever before, huh? Like, like legitimately. He is very dull. Did you, did you see that, that mark on his forehead? Yeah. That's the that's the dragon flight sign. The, he led him into the fold. I don't know what that means. What does it mean, Bert? It's a member of the golden dragon flight now. They're they're good people, right? Okay. Gold dragons. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I think so. They're they're definitely aligned with good. If Snick is tasked with working for the golden dragons, and we are tasked with working for the Curspikers. And Tibio starts gesturing with both hands, kind of leveling them out like scales. <laughs> um, he doesn't have the tattoo yet. Yeah. What will keep us all together? I mean, probably there's a common goal right now. I suppose. I don't know how much the, the golden dragons know about curses, but I can't imagine they would be fans. He didn't give him any direct orders. But will he? And... Once he does, does he expect us to follow as well? I mean, I think the dragon does, but I didn't pledge anything. Do we think Snack is ready to be a curse breaker? I mean, he did almost just kill someone. <laughs> and can he afford a third split loyalty? Third? Oh, Jeannie. <clears throat> Sorry, we're already forgetting <laughs> <laughs> He did try to kill Toby, but... I gotta be honest, I told him I was mad at him for going off and doing it himself, but I think when I think about it, I was a little bit jealous. Because he got to kill someone and you didn't? Not because he got to kill someone, but <laughs> he saw an injustice and he righted it. I'm just here writing my stupid little books, not changing oh, anything. Bert, they're not stupid. Yeah, you write us really nice messages when we need them most. <laughs> and people Thanks, read guys. your work, and they will continue to do so, I assume. I'm not much of a reader, but... <laughs> the past has no meaning without some way of keeping track of it. Uh, thanks, guys. I, I didn't mean to say it was stupid. I just... Uh... Hey, Bert, do you want me to help you train with the hammer? The axe? Axe. <laughs> Fuck. I love it. Twice. I had it right last time. Please, we, okay, now we have to continue that. <laughs> Maybe it's a hammer on one side and Bert, an axe the hammer. on the other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an axe. I forgot. Um, do you want it's to start axe. training with it 
so you can do more than just write. Oh. So, Bert, as it stands, this axe uh, requires a strength of 18 to wield. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I think, Holly, Holly, you might need to uh, adjust it so it's a little more Bert-sized. Oh, yeah, the axe. I remember now, um, as Holly sees it, spots it in her bag, mm-hmm. and uh, she says, yeah, did you want me to try to reduce that for you, Bert? Absolutely. One Bert-sized axe, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me work on it. Uh, Holly isn't sure how long it'll take her because she's never tried to do this before, but she's going to try to cast reduce and like tie it to a crystal to like freeze the spell basically on this inanimate object. Yeah. It occurs to you that there, there may be no better place to attempt this than at this sort of confluence of magic that seems to be beneath this crystal. Um, so why don't you give it a try? Give me an arcana check with advantage for the bismite crystal. Okay. Before you do this, I will warn both of you that there is a number at which this axe will be destroyed. Ooh. That's honestly fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's literally a worthless axe right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so 14 plus 7. Yeah, so 21. 21. Uh, yeah, that is a resounding success with this thing. Um, the... Uh, m- Working on magic items can be a slippery process. Uh, More than once, while working on a pair of shoes, the magic has completely gotten away from you. On more than one occasion, you have almost created curses uh, by working with the weave and having things go wrong when you're doing that. Um, However, it seems incredibly easy for you to instill the weave uh, while you're under this stone. Uh, So the axe has been reduced uh, to what most people would call a hand axe, but a good size for Mm -hmm. Bert. uh, Bert, you can now uh, feel the effects of brain gore. Uh, it is a magic axe, uh, oh. which I will give you the details of now that you can wield it. No longer has a strength requirement. As Holly was like reducing the axe, she like had to like hold it up to Bert, like his forearm, a couple times to measure it, and then she like <laughs> enlarged it just an inch, and then she's like, no, a little smaller. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> like she got it just right to fit him. Uh, now is it is it Lil Brangor or Brangor Junior? Is <laughs> <laughs> the Brangor Mini? Um, and then Holly affixes the crystal to the, um, we'll say to the top of the axe where the um, wood cool. part was sticking out above it a little bit. Oh yeah, she affixes the top of it and makes it like a crystal that's sort of rounded off. So cool. it's like can we do the moss thing too? Yeah, so the the moss was used uh, as a reagent for this. Uh, So it is also infused with the good property, which means your axe is good aligned, just like the moss is. A good little brain gore. That also means that brain gore cannot be picked up by evil creatures. Yeah. Sweet. Brain gore. Brain gore. (laughs) I'm widow brain gore. Widow brain gore. (laughs) (laughs) Brain goop. All right. I think... uh, I think, Bert, you fall asleep cradling your new axe. Mm. Uh, Snack's going to flip when he sees this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Holly. Mm-hmm. No problem, Bert. Um, Good night, Brain Gore. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Bert. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a genie, too. <laughs> um, the following morning uh, starts out crisp and brisk. Uh, it's a little cold. Uh, you all wake up with a bit of a chill, um, but you all still have this sense of well-being in the aura of the bismite. You all have a a pleasant breakfast. There's not many words exchanged. There's some uh, kind of a sense of quiet awe about Snack's new form. And uh, Bert is 
uh, appropriately obsessing over brain gore. Um, Holly, of course, playing with little threads of weave when she gets the chance. But before long, you're all back on the road. And this leg of the journey is much less eventful than the first uh, to the point where there's almost nothing of note whatsoever until you reach the edge of the Fern Glade itself. I would, as we're walking just for flavor, I'd like to start kind of instructing Bert on how to wield the axe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's like like miming like actions of I'm how doing to... very dangerous like yeah <laughs> pointing the blade toward other people I'm like hey. oh wait, hey uh yeah um but if you swing it over here oh right x x safety yes okay so okay while they're doing that um I have summoned up some bones from underneath me and I've wound them into a fake axe and I give that to Bert as like a training axe until yes. he's ready to use his sharp axe. Yeah. Yeah. Bert, you maybe like swing too close to Uli once or twice. Uh, hey, hey, Bert, um, I made this for you um, for your practice until you are comfortable with the blade. Oh, I get it. Okay. Okay. I can work with this. Yeah. I'll practice axe. I give a thumbs up to Uli and then I Thanks. walk away. <laughs> So you hold it like this. <laughs> uh, you you all have a uh, a very untaxing, very pleasant day of travel across mostly flat plains. Oh, and we rested back at the Bismite Stone, right? Yes, you've got day. a long rest. Yeah, okay. we have Carl back. Uh, yeah, uh, I think and once we get away, about half a mile away from the Bismite Stone, Carl started to flicker back in. Um, and started pulling the card again, explaining what happened and that he's so sorry that he couldn't perform his duty for a little while. But mm. yeah, unreliable <laughs> force. <laughs> As Uli's been dragging it through the desert, um, you all watch the landscape kind of change from grass and dirt to just tall grass to trees, and suddenly you're at the edge of the woods, and the landscape has changed dramatically uh, over the course of the afternoon. Um, as the sun begins to set, there's this uh, orange-red light filtering in from behind you as you move eastward, and the fern glade is before you. Uh, you're only at the very edge of the woods where you meet this shallow stream. At some point, um, as we're walking, Tevio pauses for a moment, and seemingly arbitrarily to the rest of the party, he knows that that's the border of his homeland, and he kind of takes a very serious and intentional step into it and breathes the air, and it is a little different. You see uh, the first structure for a while, which, Tibio, you know to be the last structure for a good long while as you head into the Ferngblade, and this is a large trading outpost called the Fey Trader. As you approach, you can smell uh, food wafting out from this place. Uh, you can see a few people moving about. You see a couple of bonfires that are started outside of the Fey Trader. Um, you even see uh, Uli immediately. You recognize the face of Rin Halo, who is standing around a bonfire orating <laughs> some story uh, to some other folks there. There are people playing instruments. Um, Tibio, you notice uh, Gaspard is around that same fire, uh, just sitting and listening. And then you all see somebody kind of like lean over a balcony uh, on this the upper floor of the Fey Trader. It's a multi-story uh, trading post. 
um, this person looks like they're a little drunk or maybe this is just how they are all the time, but they're, they are wearing an open shirt so that their uh, muscled chest is just bare uh, and they've got this long black hair and they're leaning over the fence and they just say, hey, we've got some sexy new devils. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you see the door close and then uh, in like, a suspiciously short amount of time, he comes out of the door downstairs and he says, Welcome, welcome to the Phase Raider. Who have we? Uh, hey. <laughs> he says, I'll get you all started real easy. And he comes around and he passes uh, this little wooden token to each of you. He gives one to each of you. And he says, Spend it wisely and welcome to the Phase Raider. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I'm Tim, your DM and your genie. I'm Hannah, playing Holly Hyacinth. I'm Thomas. I play Engelbert F.F. Wisherspoon. I'm Tara, and I play Tibio Femur. I'm John. I play Snack the Cobalt. And I'm Maggie, playing Uli. Uli.